Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast. With you, as always, is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. I have been waiting for some time, the last two weeks, to see this film. I have watched the world review it. I've watched the world anticipate it. This is a film for me that, going into it, I didn't know how to feel. Um, when I was a kid, I loved 4, 5, and 6, if you will, the original trilogy. And I guess it was, what, 1998 or so, we, we first got wind of The Phantom Menace coming out. And I, myself, like everybody else, was really excited. But for me, episode 1, 2, and 3, I also saw in the theater each and every episode. But to me, it just never, it never laid the groundwork. It never really hit home. And I guess I lost... A part of myself in the process when um, George Lucas decided to revisit the Star Wars franchise. So obviously, when I had heard that the the Force Awakens was coming out, I was super excited. I was like, okay, like maybe there's a chance, but my hopes they weren't really high. And I was very optimistic. And at some points, I was looking. I, I thought that I wouldn't enjoy this this film. Then I saw the box office, the you know, just erupt the worldwide phenomenon of Star Wars. So I decided to treat myself yesterday on a rainy Tuesday morning to go see Star Wars finally. And um, before I get into my review, I'm going to introduce uh, the guest uh, for tonight's panel. Um, he was last on the show, I believe. We were talking uh, The Walking Dead, perhaps. I forget exactly, but... Baba Sweat's been a fan of Star Wars since, I guess, the beginning of time. Uh, I had first met him years ago. I had seen his collection of toys, memorabilia, and I was thoroughly impressed. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome back to the Bobcast, Baba Sweat. What's up, B.O.B.? Good to be here. So, can you tell uh, the Bobcast listeners out there exactly what type of Star Wars fan you are? Like, what, Tell us, like, how did it all start for you as a kid? Oh, sure. Uh, and before we start, I, I believe we were discussing Gotham. Yeah, that was right, season. Gotham. I don't think it was Walking Dead. I'm pretty sure it was Gotham. Yeah, but, but that, uh, we, we, I don't even watch Gotham no more just because it's it completely lost my attention. Right, right on, right on. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping the faith, but uh, on, on to Star Wars. So uh, I, I actually, believe it or not, I saw them out of order. Um, when I was in kindergarten, my dad took me to see uh, The Empire Strikes Back back in 1980. And I was old enough to pretty much get what was going on. I was five years old. And uh, it, 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 it had been life-changing ever since. And then I couldn't get enough of it. Uh, we had this little VHS rental store around the corner from us called Country Video. And I remember when we later got our first VCR, it was like this big tank-looking thing. And I just could not get enough of these movies. And, you know, it, it, it resulted in many trips to Kitty City uh, with, with the little, uh, you know, three-and-a-quarter-inch action figures. And, and it's always just kind of been in the back of my head my entire life. I would say it, it's, it's, it's a part of me that, you know, it's not all of what I am, but... There's definitely a good portion of me that definitely relates to Star Wars. And uh, w what's not to like about it? I mean, it's the ultimate story of good versus evil. Mm -hmm. uh, it explains life and death. Uh, it, there's even like a religious and spiritual aspect to it. It's got something for everybody. I um, I haven't thought of Kitty City. And so you're talking about the Kitty City that was in Narstown or the one that was in the King of Prussia Mall? Oh, no way, dude. The one in Narstown on, on, uh, on um, what do you call it, Germantown Pike? 
It's funny because that you, Lionel Kitty City now it's like a gym or something. Yeah, it's a, it's, re, it's retro something. fitness. It's funny because here in the lounge, yeah. sitting across from the Buddha statue, is one of the many I guess toys I had. Per, my grandparents actually purchased for me at Kitty City an Incredible Hulk toy car. But I I, I think the kids, even KB toy stores now are they're all going out of business. There is no type of. Um, there is no outlet for a kid to walk into. I mean, yeah, obviously you can plug into your iPhone or your iPad. You can play any game you want. You can check out things online, order it, and it'll be there the next day. But I don't think the kids then the generations to come will understand the importance of Kitty City, Toys R Us, that smell of plastic. And obviously, I mean, Star Wars, you know, really impacted kids' lives, not just through the films but through the toys as well. I think that for me um, – I'm, a, I'm five years younger than you, so when 1980, I was born. So I didn't really catch wind of it till I was around five or so, but I saw the, the original trilogy on Home Box Office. It wasn't really called HBO then. It was Home Box Office right. on the... I can't even remember what kind of cable provider my parents had, but I remember watching them as a kid and being complete... Like I think that for me, I, the scene that got me hooked on Star Wars is when they were in the trash... Um, they go down into the trash like a pastor and there's like like it had all the elements of surprise it had all the elements of like you know just good storytelling and I love the characters I mean I guess people I was reading online today are you a Luke guy are you a Han guy I, I, I don't think I ever really identified with the characters as much as I did to the feeling of watching the story and like being comforted by it just being on you know what I mean like there's not many films like I mean like there's certain films that you could watch over and over again, and you know Empire to me was one that you could just you know you could you could play it back and forth back and forth and you know I mean you could really get a lot out of the series. Um, Star Wars, it's so hard to like the original movie comes out and no one thinks it's going to be a success at all. 1977, am I correct? Yeah, 77. I I, I was two and uh, yeah, people were expecting it to be a big flop. Like a big flop. They had no expectations of the film. They didn't think that, you know, I I think George Lucas had what, American, um, he had another film out before, but the whole... Yeah, American Graffiti, and he had another one uh, called THX before it, which was a really, really low-budget sci-fi, and you know that sound thing that they play before every uh, Lucasfilms movie, that THX sound? Not... THX sound. Uh, it, it's, I guess it's like a little tribute or a little wink and a nod to his first film, and it's these these cop looking androids that have silver faces in, in, in you know in the distant future, and it, it, I mean it looks like uh, it has all the technology of like a very very basic school play. It, it's it's pretty bad, but um, nonetheless, you got to start somewhere. And, uh, yeah, so George Lucas had two movies, although American Graffiti, um, that, that had a lot of success and it was like a cult classic. I would say you and I would relate it to our like dazed and confused. Yeah. It was kind of on that level, like a flashback nostalgia type deal. To, I guess, that that takes place in the 1950s, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So rated our happy days. So, yeah, so George just completely nails out of the park. Star Wars becomes a phenomenon across the board. Parents, kids, everyone loves it. The toys go completely bonanza. Everyone's on top of it. Empire comes out. Return of the Jedi comes out. And what year, you know exactly, when did Return of the Jedi come out exactly? 
Oh, I remember that too. Um, that was in 1983, and 83, okay. my dad took me to see that on opening day, and it was in it was in May, and I swear it was blowing hot air outside, and uh, it, it was really really hot. And when I tell you, we were outdoors in just the cold. Or I'm sorry, the cloudiest, most humid day ever, um, and we were in line for about I want to say we were in line for five hours. And where did we you see that? Line. It was different then, I, but it, it was so worth it. Where did you I see? Did you see it at uh, the movie theater? It was uh, in the Plymouth uh, Square. Oh no no no! Um, it was at King of Prussia, and remember when those theaters they were called Eric One, Eric Two, Eric oh, yeah. Three. Yeah. So it was like the Eric. That's right near. Ah, darn it. Peppers. It's um, it's in King of Prussia, but it, it's right near like a like a, a diner. Um. Almost yeah, like it's a Jewish delicatessen. Yeah, yeah it, it, right it, that's where I saw uh, teenage teenage yeah. Ninja Turtles. I saw back there, but yeah. Oh my I, gosh, I saw that one there too. That's hilarious. Yeah, I, I missed that theater. It was a good one. So yeah, the good. movies, you know, they have such an impact. You know, four, five, and six, the original trilogies, and then we don't hear anything about Star Wars for what I mean, almost a decade and a half, and then George decides to revisit the franchise. Um, I remember exactly, it was the beginning of the internet, really. I mean, you to download a photograph, it took forever. I remember seeing the poster of Anakin with the Darth Vader shadow on the wall. And I remember being really excited, and I remember being like, oh, wow, I can't believe they're bringing it back. I remember opening night being down at the, the mall um, at the AMC. People were dressed in cosplay. I remember watching it. I remember watching it for the second time, and I, I think it was, I don't know, like somewhere in episode two, I just I, I just thought to myself, man, like, did they just take, like, it seemed to me like they had, George just took, like, the first take of every scene they did and didn't really put the emotion into it, and for me, I, I, I just, I, I guess I'm guilty of saying that I fell out of love with Star Wars, I guess, when I was in my early 20s. How did you... Uh, like the the original, or excuse me, the the prequel trilogy. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because I know you said they took you know over a decade off, like about thirteen years. But uh, in nineteen ninety seven, uh, George Lucas re released the original trilogy. That's right. Started to get the buzz going with the scenes that he added in there, and um, you know he he added you know the scene that Han Solo talking to Jabba in the first one and you know a, a really enhanced Cloud City uh, and, he, and he starts showing you that okay I have these stories which are eternal you could say but with the, with the technology of you know about 15 years later look what I can do that's what got the original buzz going and then they start showing the previews of the uh, of the Phantom Menace and that's what for me was one look at Darth Maul I'm like oh man I'm back in and which is um, about it. Uh, believe it or not, Bob, I share the same opinion that you do, which is Attack of the Clones was, you know, I, I, I always have and I've always loved Star Wars. Attack of the Clones, episode two, is a turning point for me also because I thought the story had just gotten so out of hand. And just, I felt like George Lucas. I, I walked out of the theater thinking, wow, I can't wait for the next one. I was thinking, wow, George Lucas has dug so many holes in this story that he's got to get himself out of 
too many questions, and, and they didn't get answered in episode three. No, there was and a lot of problems. Mention, yeah, yeah, and not to mention, you know, you, you have the thing, am I allowed to get spoilers here since it's not Oh, yeah, this is, uh-huh. spoiler, if you're listening to this podcast and you've never seen Star Wars or even the new one, turn it off. Go ahead, go, go crazy with your spoilers. No, no, I'm just saying, I mean, how could you leave a plot point like Boba Fett, young Boba Fett, holding the severed head of his dad at the hands of Mace Windu and just kind of like leave that there. I was figuring definitely Mace Windu is going to meet his demise in episode three at the hands of Boba Fett. Or Boba Fett's going to be a big part of it because you left a young child scorned. You know what I mean? Yeah, I... Um, I I, I feel like prequels in general suffer from that. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I, I've, I've laid this groundwork. Now, how can I be cool and go back and show you these little Easter eggs? But, like, it's not a good form of storytelling, really. I mean, George has always said that he envisioned, you know, 4, 5, and 6 first, and then, you know, this he had this other idea for a prequel. But I, I, I feel as if the writing was just... It seems like he needed help, and he didn't have any help, and... I mean, he couldn't go any wrong. He couldn't go wrong with his decisions. But I mean, even the acting, like I was going, like I was just saying, like you know, I mean, um, Natalie Portman, you know, who's a fantastic actress. She she's so there's no polarization. That she has no type of like presence really in the tr- the prequel trilogy. Um, you know, Ewan McGregor, fantastic actor. I mean, he's he's awesome in Train Spotting. You know, like he he he's got so much depth. And, you know, originally when I heard that he was cast as Obi-Wan, I was like, yeah, this is this is going to be great. But he just played it so one note, and it just, you know, like, it didn't... I, I was thinking about the, the prequel um, trilogy and, like, you know, the whole arc of Anakin and how he initially goes bad. It's just, it, it took too... It, it just seemed, like, so easy, you know what I mean? Like, ah, uh, you know, like, it, it could have been so much more. A so, terrible casting of Hayden Christensen as Anakin Skywalker. I mean, you, you talk about an actor with no affect. Uh, I, I mean, he his picture should be right next to that, you know, that term. I mean, he he was horrendous. I, I, like no emotion. I felt like he was reading his lines off, off like a, a little cue card. A teleprompter, uh, yeah. Natalie Portman, I've loved her ever since uh, Leon the Professional, which is, by the way, one of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah, it's a good movie. Um, you know, yeah, and uh, I, I would say, like, I just walked away disappointed. You know, when she's crying, you know, Anakin, you're breaking my heart. And then she actually dies of a broken heart. I know, like, kidding? give me a break. I mean, is it, it is kids' it's movies. Star Wars, I know. Um, but you get away with that. And I think, you know, again, with episode two, the straw that broke the camel's back for me was, George Lucas was really all aboard on getting in sync into that movie as Jedi. And that, that, that's where I was just like, what the heck is going on? With, you know, like, please don't crap on my childhood. I know, and, and and that's just the thing too. Is like some people argue online, like, well, this is a this is a kid's story, so it has that effect, you know, like. But I mean, I don't know. I, I even by the by the time. Um, Episode three ended. I remember in the movie theater during you know spoilers whatever, you know the epic battle between Obi and Anakin, and I, I was relieved, man. I was just like, thank God, you know, like, and like from that moment forward, you know, I, I kind of, I just lost touch with Star Wars, you know, and like I, I kind of 
had put it in a, put it in it away in like you know a closet or something, and I was just waiting to revisit it. So, you know, with that being said, you know, four, five, and six, one, two, and three, you know, we get the news just a few short I guess, years ago that Disney had acquired George. George was now willing to let other people take over the franchise. I was excited that you know they they um, decided to make you know a, a sequel, a general like you know a, a legitimate sequel to the beloved classic. And um, at first, when I heard J.J. Abrams was attached, I had a little certain amount of reluctancy because I obviously I liked Lost. He didn't have a part in Lost's finale. He he did the amazing pilot that went nowhere. Um, Super Eight, another film where it doesn't really have you know, a concrete ending. It's very visual. It's an uh, homage to Steven Spielberg. Um, Mission Impossible 3. Um, good movie. I didn't but know he did that. Yeah, he did that. Um, good movie, but, you know, also too forgettable. Um, he did do Regarding Henry, which is, uh, he wrote, I believe, the script for that. I'm not sure if he directed it, but another amazing Harrison Ford movie. Uh, and then he he takes over Star Trek, and for me, when he took over Star Trek, and then they said, "Hey, we're going to give you Star Wars too," uh, uh, you know, I was like, "Oh man, he's just the reboot guy," you know. And like Star Star Trek never got me like Star Wars did. There's a definitely there's a difference in between it. We'll get into that later, but I I feel as if you know, I, I just I was unsure. You know, I I think J J is very talented. Then I start seeing photographs of the set. Then I see Kevin Smith crying his eyes out on Twitter saying, I saw the Millennium Falcon, I'm in tears. We start getting all this news, and I get my, my hopes real high. And, you know, lately in cinema, I, 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 I this happens all the time. I, I'm invested in it. I was invested in The Dark Knight Rises. In the movie theater, I thought to myself, man, he completely misfired here. This is not a sequel to The Dark Knight. This is just filling in the gaps. And that's what I didn't want to happen with Star Wars. So, you know, I, I have to say here on the Bobcast, you know, after I had seen Star Wars yesterday, I have completely turned myself around. I'm back on board. I'm a huge Star Wars fan again. There's nothing quite like Star Wars. And, you know, I mean, ah, man, I love this movie. I, I loved it from the beginning, and I loved it to the end. And, you know, like, J.J., I give you props, man. Like, I doubted you. And the best thing in the world is when... You, you, your hopes are down, and you're like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm down and out. I'm not going to make it. And who, who doesn't like a story of a survivor? I mean, after all, we're here in Philadelphia. I mean, some of our best stories are about Rocky. I mean, look at the Philadelphia Eagles. For Christ's sake, they fired Chip Kelly. They're rising again. So, I mean, Star Wars to me was something that it's now like back in my life, and I'm, I'm so excited about that. Um, we'll get into like, I guess my, my general thoughts, but I want to hear from you, Baba Sweat. Well, like you and the Panther Sweat, you guys go to the theater. You're a huge Star Wars fan. Like, when did it hit you? Like, when you're watching a legitimate Star Wars movie? Would you like me to answer that? Would you like the Panther to answer? If the Panther's available, I'd love to hear the Panther's review. Okay, just repeat your question real quick. All right, Panther. uh, Panther. Panther. um, Panther Sweat, how are you? Welcome to the podcast. we always enjoy the female perspective here on the Bombcast. And I guess it is fitting as to our main protagonist now, Ray. She's she's coming into a lot of heat online. They're calling her a Mary Sue. I absolutely loved her. I thought the character um, was just flawless. Tell us, Panther, what did you think of Star Wars The Force Awakens? Well, I, I love the movie. So Sam and I went to see it, like, Thursday. And, um... 
And I felt like when I went to work on Friday, everyone was like, how was it? And I said, obviously, like, the birth of my child was the most exciting part of my life so far, but I would put this above even my wedding with Sam, and he would agree. Kind of like a joke, but, you know, it was that good. It was, like, so exciting to watch. It was so great to see a female in that role, and I feel like it's just, it's, it's showing a lot of, like, female strength in the movie, which I think is great. I think that's very, very important, exciting. too, for today's generation. I mean, um, another film that was brilliant in 2015 was Mad Max Furiosa, played by Charlize Theron. We need more female protagonists. I'm super excited that Ray has joined the Star Wars universe. Um, you know, I, I, I share your, you know, I heard you, you told me, I think through a text, I was like, you know, how, how would you describe your experience? And you, you text me back, you know, it was life-changing. And I remember, like, thinking to myself, yeah, right. But you know what? I'm here to tell you and the Bobcast listeners, yes, this film is changing your life in a way because it's reinventing something, but it's also doing something completely new and exciting. Um, yeah. What else did you like about the film? Well, I like, so after we saw that, this week I've been off, I've been, you know, revisiting the original trilogy, like, you know, four, five, and six, and I feel like, obviously, you know, those are the classics and those are the ones you always look back on and you really love, but... It's just great to see the new technology that, you know, is in, in the new movie in comparison to the old ones. I'm not talking about, like, the prequels, because there was some technology, obviously, in those, given that they're not that old, but the story plot just wasn't as, like, rich in those movies. So you just didn't, like... I felt like I was, like, hanging on their every word during, you know, The Force Awakens. I felt like it was... It was, it was great to see the old characters in there, but not necessarily in, like, a... Like, they were needed, but there was also very strong new characters. So uh, it was nice to have the time, but there was strength in the new characters. Like, they could kind of hold their own. And I think that what, what also was great is that, you know, I work in a school, and even little girls are interested in Star Wars, more, you know, more so the little boys. But I just think having, like, a female lead that's not secondary, because Leia was always important, but I always felt like she was more secondary to Han and Luke. So yeah. having her as, like, the perspective, like, lead, I think it's so cool and will really generate the new viewers because there'll be a female um, tie-in that girls can, you know, really get attached to. And I think the boys will still, and men, will still be interested because of, you know, the, the original four, five, and six movies, and maybe one, two, and three. Some people like those as well. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, for me, one of the things... I'm a big villain guy, as you guys know. I love the Joker. I um, I think that every good story has mm-hmm. to have um, a good antagonist. And, right. you know, for me, uh, man, I, I was blown away by the performance of Adam Driver as Kylo yeah. Ren. The opening sequence, um, it happens so quick, too. The, the film, it's two hours and, like, ten minutes or something like that, and it just happens so fast. You're, just, you're at the beginning, yeah. and then you're at the end. But for me, yeah. Kylo Ren was fascinating. I love the idea of a bad guy using a very calm, reserved type of voice and mm-hmm. just like his mannerisms. And like for me, yeah. I, I'm sitting in the theater and it's five minutes into the film. And the part that struck me as being like, yep, this is Star Wars completely reborn is when Kylo Ren stops that laser beam midway in the air through using the force You've seen that part on the the teaser commercials or whatever, but when you're in the theater, oh my god! I was like, "This, is, I'm in. I'm totally invested." Mm-hmm. I mean, I loved everything. I loved Jakku. I loved the the new planets, but mm-hmm. 
But yeah. for me, yeah, I was very excited at the, at the fact of Ray and Finn. I, I love the imagery of the stormtrooper with the blood. We've never seen that yeah. before. We've never seen uh-huh. you know the perspective. A lot of people online right now are upset that uh, there is no real definitive reason as to why Finn, you know, doesn't want to be a part of this. But you know, we got room for the sequel. Um, well, and I feel like if you think you have to also realize that it's Star Wars still, like if you go into it and you want like every single thing answered, you're like taking the fun away from yourself. You know what I mean? Like you have to go in with like I'm going to have a good time with this movie, and if you don't get all the answers. During that movie, you have to be okay with it, or like feel like, why did you even go in the first place? Exactly. You know? Yeah. I mean, like we were saying before earlier with Baba Sweat. I mean, like, you know, it is a kids' movie, and a lot of these people online are clearly adults who are tearing it apart, this, that, or whatever. But like for a kid, it has this special ambiance to it that, I mean, um, I'm not sure. Like, okay, so like. I'm a huge Batman fan. I'm a huge Marvel Comics fan. You guys share the same interests, but there is a definitive difference between these worlds. And uh, oh, yeah. Baba Sweat said it earlier, Star Wars has a religious quality to it. It's a religious quality uh-huh. that doesn't exist in any of the Batman films, any of the Avengers, any of the Marvel movies. There is this like type of... like It's almost like you're like in a church with people. And when I went to the theater yesterday, it was early in the morning, and the place was sold out. The only seat that mm-hmm. was left was in the back row, in the handicapped row. It was, it was um, a man in a wheelchair with an oxygen tank I sat next to, and um, I had a seat to myself. But I got to watch the whole theater, and it's just amazing to watch kids who are, you know, five, six years old just stare and not, like, you know, like, be detracted by, like, you know... In Marvel films, there's a lot of exposition. There's a lot of talking. People, you know, can't relate to it, but it's really great to see that. And, like, you know, it's great to see adults also, too... In being engaged in the storyline, um, a good thing. Mm-hmm. You, a good thing you just brought up there was the fact that, you know, you didn't really need the old characters, but it was just like such, you know, uh, it, it was like excitement to see them again, you know. But Finn yeah. and Ray and BB-8, I mean, I was I was in with them from the get go. I was like, this is great. Um, and once again, Kylo Ren, he's stealing the show for me. I might even, I may even go out and buy my first action figure or mask from Star Wars. It'll be the first time in maybe, what, uh, 20 years or so that I've purchased anything. But I'm a huge fan. Um, I love his motivations. I love how he – there's, like, that one scene where he's uh, he, he's talking to Darth, uh, the remains of Darth Vader, and he's like, I can, I, I don't, I've only seen it once, but he's talking about how he can still feel the good in him and he wants to be shown into the darkness. And, like, we never really saw that with Vader. Um, yeah. qu- question for you two, and you can also pose this. You could put me on speaker, so uh, Baba Sweat – Here's me. Um, I am. I'm not. I haven't seen the, pre, the the prequel trilogy or the original trilogy in maybe about five years. How does um, Kylo Ren have possession of Darth Vader's remains? You know, that was the one thing I was going to say. As you're talking about how much you love him, that's like, and I'm not trying to be that person that has to have every answer. But both both me and, and Boba Sweat both felt like. That's the one. I, I couldn't understand that piece. And the other thing that I didn't get, but I'm not upset about, I'm waiting to hear the answer for, he didn't know the answer to this either, is how was Luke's lightsaber just, like, in a random basement somewhere, right? Well, didn't Luke, like, Luke's hand fall with the lightsaber into space, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, but it's just, like, random, like, oh, it's just here. And it's just been, like, sitting here forever. And, like, 
in no way, shape, or form in, what was it, like 30 years from Return of the Jedi, this is supposed to take place, like nothing has happened to this. It's been sitting here waiting for you. And I'm not getting upset about it. Like, I'm waiting to find out what the answer was, how the lightsaber was down there, remember? Well, yeah, so totally. That, totally. That, that, that it, it could the, be a plot hole. Or it could be related together, maybe. But So wait, can, you, can either of you refresh my memory and tell me exactly... Okay, Darth Vader, when he meets his demise, what exactly happens to the helmet? In, uh, when Darth six. Vader meets his demise, what exactly happened in Return of the Jedi? It's just like... To his helmet? Yeah. Oh, well, that's easy. Um, Luke smuggled uh, Darth Vader's body, I guess, on board the Imperial shuttle. And burns it, and right? He brought it back to, yeah, and he brought it back to uh, Endor, where he celebrated with the Ewoks, and then he had a funeral pyre in honor of his father. And that's where Darth Vader's helmet gets all melted and messed up and everything. Right. So wait, do we actually see on film the helmet disintegrate? No, you saw Darth Vader's body get ignited, but you didn't see, like, the actual helmet melting and, yep. you know. Okay. I think that would have taken from the moment anyway. I'll, st- I'll still take it, you know what I mean? The fact that Kylo yes. is still attached to his, uh, his uncle... And still has these feelings, and you know, I mean, I love the reveal in the um, the film how it comes out too. That Kylo is the spoiler alert son of Leia and Han. Um, let's let's talk about uh, Han Solo real quick. Harrison Ford coming back, you know, I think it's his best performance in a long time. I feel as though like he really is playing Han Solo. He's not Harrison Ford playing Han Solo. Um, his hair's on point, you know what I mean? Like, he looks the character, chewy. I mean, I love that scene. A lot of people online were upset with the, the creatures that were in the, you know, the ship when they acquired the Millennium Falcon. I love that sequence. I thought it was great. I thought it was playful. It reminded me of the Empire. Uh, it just, you know, like, going through, like, the motions. Every script, every movie that's good has to have some games for the characters to play. Uh, you know, I, I love the, the backstory, finding out that Kylo was their son, you know, it, it was just a great tie-in. Yes, it does have some juxtaposition. Like, it, it kind of juxtaposes uh, Episode Four with some of the, you know, the plot points, but it just made the character for me of Kylo that more interesting because he's not just this, like, crazy wannabe Sith. He is in between both, but it's something we've never seen before because we're actually getting to know the character. I feel like I really never knew Darth Vader in the beginning. I feel like... He was just this omnious character. The music would, would be queued up and, you know, you'd be like, oh, it's it's the bad guy of the film. But for me, you know, Kylo, especially with the fact that, you know, he takes off his mask in the film and you see his face, you see him as a human. Like, that to me was something special because it was like we're connecting with him not only as this badass villain but also as a human being who's trying to figure out, you know, am I good or am I bad? And I think that's what everyone in life kind of goes through. Um, I agree. But, you know, Han and then meeting Layla, uh, like, I loved it. I loved it. I even, you were talking, Panther Sweat, about um, when they go to that planet. And I'm really bad with the names right now, but maybe one of you know. She is, I guess, my new Yoda, if you will, in The Force Awakens. Um, What's her name? The one who's played by Lupita. Yeah, Lupita Nyong'o's character. Love, the, love that character. Uh, it's like Chad. It's like Chad, I think. Loved it. I, I love wh- Whoever her name, like, she was just fantastic. I love that CGI. I love that scene. It's very similar to, you know, the OG scene where, of the bar scene with all the creatures. And I love the fact that yeah, J.J. Yeah. used, like, real 
prosthetics. You know, it's not all CGI. It's actual practical creatures that you could touch on set. And, um, you know, all these, you know, actors are making cameos in the film, and some of them you don't even see their faces. That's just how much they love Star Wars. But I guess, you know, like, the film, I love, like, the addition of BB-8 having to, you know, contain the map and then R2 and... I, I mean, for me, too, one of the, the breakout moments in the theater is when, um, out of nowhere, off-screen, CP3O busts in, and he's like, yeah, it's me, but you may not recognize me because I got a red arm. It looked like he had Tony Stark's arm on for a second, and I was just I was cracking up in my seat. It was just such a good, feel-good moment, and um, so many characters. I mean, like, what do you guys know about General Snokes? Like, does he appear in any of the books, or, like, who is this guy? That's really interesting. So, obviously, Snoke being, I guess, the supreme head of, it appears to be the supreme head of the Imperial forces at this point, but acting as kind of the main mentor to Kylo Ren and, uh, I guess, the Grand Admiral or whatever. I, By the way, I thought he was a little too young to be the Grand Admiral, but that, that's beside the point. Um Snoke, he's a mystery. Um, but I have my own little thoughts uh, about who Snoke is. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you remember in episode three, and this is me being, you know, totally geeking out and marking out for Star Wars with this. But Geek out. If, if, if you remember uh, in episode three, Emperor Palpatine, or rather, I guess at the time, Supreme Chancellor Palpatine, was talking to Anakin about, you know, this guy Plagueis the Wise, Plagueis the Wise, who had such great power over the dark side that he was able to cheat death, and that was the thing, and and bring his loved ones back to life, and that's, you know, and if you look in, um, you know, some of the outside reading, I guess if you want to call it the EU, the Expanded Universe, Darth Plagueis is, um, you know, the, the Sith who mentors Darth Sidious, who is Emperor, you know, Emperor mm-hmm. Palpatine. And, um, you know, there, there's a great book that came out less than two years ago called Darth Plagueis. And it takes you all through the story of how, um, you know, he killed his mentor, and it ends with, um, you know, Darth Sidious taking the life of Plagueis. But his, his demise, I, I don't want to spoil it too much, but his demise could leave an opening for him to live, because you know how powerful he is, and um, I actually have the action figure of Darth Plagueis, and I'd be lying if I didn't say that his species uh, looks the exact, and I forget the species, but his species looks almost identical to Snoke. So are you saying here in the Bobcast that he is Snoke's? I believe that there is a chance that Snoke could be Plagueis, and if that's the case, I love it. Yeah, that's I'm, badass. I'm, I'm, I, didn't, I, didn't, I haven't read that. I haven't read that anywhere on the internet. Yeah, um, it's, you, it's the same species. I, I love that idea. Um, you heard it here in the first, here first on the Bobcast, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I love the idea that the MacGuffin, the you know, the Holy Grail of this film is Luke Skywalker. In the weeks leading up to the film. Many people speculated that Luke had turned to the dark side. Immediately, when you when you start watching the film, you find out that no, that's not the case. Luke has actually vanished. 
I love that. Um, I read online that originally they were saying that um, Luke Skywalker showed up somewhere in the middle of the second act, like page 30. Um, and um, basically, you know, he stole the show at that point, so they decided to just make him the MacGuffin and put him at the end, which I think uh-huh. from the filmmakers was a great idea because, yeah, he's, you know, he's Luke Skywalker. But, I mean, the whole idea of them trying to find Luke and, like, they've been looking for him for a long time, the mystery. J.J. Abrams does that the best. He's the, the, the master craftsman of Mystery Box. The mystery is, you know, where is he? And like I said before, that, I mean, like, I think there's many parts in the script, or excuse me, the film that I got emotional, but I love when BB-8 comes over to RTD2 and they put the maps together. And it was like, literally, Uh it was like watching, like, your childhood now mending with, like, this new, like, type of, you know, just, it it was great. I, I thought it was master storytelling. Yes, we do have some plot points that, you know, have to be filled in, but like we said, you know, that is Star Wars. Um... I um man the I guess the 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 Han Solo spoiler alert death scene you know a lot of people were upset with it I thought to myself even when Harrison Ford signed up for this he's 70 years old you know he can't do a whole another you know trilogy um he has previously said before that you know he wanted to you know have the character killed off and he got his wish I knew exactly what was happening when he, when he walked out into that bridge and he saw Kylo I knew, boom, up, this is going to be the big death scene, the bridge, the people watching from far away. What was going through um, you, you two? Like, how did you feel about that that amazing death scene? That's interesting, uh, because, yeah, I, I, I like that you touched on the point. Harrison Ford had been asking to be killed off uh, since the Empire. He figured that would be a perfect moment to really grab people and really get them to fully invest in Star Wars if they were to kill off his character Han Solo in Empire. Mm-hmm. Which is why his scene where he's frozen on Carbonite, uh, it, it was debated. Um, you know, do we do we just dust him off here or do, do we you know, do, do we have him frozen in hibernation? Um, it, it, it's funny because I, I knew it was coming. Again, once you saw them on that high bridge for all to see with all the spectators, uh, you knew something was up. Uh, it, it just it was it, it was very reminiscent of uh, you know Obi Wan Kenobi kind of making the big sacrifice for uh, Luke and his crew. I, I, I honestly, and I, I know this sounds cliche, but like I felt like that lightsaber was going through me yeah. um, as well. It's like wow, you know, like I just I lost a big part of my childhood right there. Were you? How did you feel, Panther Sweat? Uh, Panther is uh, not in the room right now. Sorry, she's in a galaxy far, far away. It's okay. She she'll be right back. Did she? Uh, Was she able to comfort you in your time of need? Yes, she's done plenty of cleanups. So yeah, I mean that scene. That scene was just. I mean, I love Chewie's reaction. I love Chewie just screaming at the top of his lungs and opening up. You know. His yeah. blaster, and like, ah, I loved it. I, I love that Kylo sustains injury, and, uh, you know, it gets us to, I, you know, I, I know, like, from writing scripts, you know, where a script is going, and, and like, I'm thinking, oh, the, the master, the big fight scene's coming. Um, you know, the battle between, like, I love, too, by the way, how, like, nonchalantly, Ray finds out that she possesses the Force, and she starts to use it. Like, we don't, like, a lot of times in films, 
Somebody will say, oh, Ray has the Force. We didn't ever got that. We just saw Ray all of a sudden start using the Force, and I love that. I mean, you know, when the Kylo Ren interrogation scene where he's trying to get the information out of Ray, I thought that was brilliantly done, and I, we've never seen that. Like, you know, like her resisting his use of the Force, and ah, it was just, I was I was blown away. So, I mean, like, the, you know, the ultimate fight scene between them, Finn doing his part we haven't really spoken much about finn during this bobcast but i mean he's another fantastic character and sometimes a lot of people online you know are like saying he overacts and stuff like that like he's he's that role he's that guy he's you know the comic relief if you will um him and poe i can't wait to see team up later in future episodes but the fight scene between ray and kylo i love the fact that kylo ren is busting him like smacking himself in the chest to feel pain He's almost toying with them, you know. They they seem to be making their waves, but like it, it just it just felt good, and I love. I mean, you know, like I didn't want Kylo to die like Darth Maul because I love Darth Maul. We never really got a chance to know him. I love that the ground, you know, disintegrates and the antagonist and the protagonist are on either side, and it's it's not a win for today, you know. It it just got that that feeling of just pure sequel happiness all written all around it. Um. You know, it it was it was it was upsetting to see Han go, but it also shows me that you know the stakes are high again, and Star Wars is definitely back. You know, and uh, you know with the whole the whole movie, we're leading up towards the fact that Luke Skywalker is out there somewhere, and now we know that Rey possesses you know the information to get there. I gotta say though, <laughs> this funny moment in the theater. There's this guy who's a father who's maybe I can, he looked like he was like in his early 40s, and his daughter who was probably five waited the entire movie to go to the bathroom. The scene that she 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 decides that daddy I have got to go to the bathroom now is when Ray lands on that island and is walking up the the altar if you will. <laughs> he missed the scene and she he was so upset but he rushed back in and he did get a chance to see Luke. Let me ask you a question. I mean, how did you feel seeing Luke Skywalker standing up there and now our new hero meeting our old hero for the first time? Feathered hair. All I saw was feathered hair. It was so good. Yeah. I. You know, I love his look, you know? I mean... I love it. You know why? He looks like... He looks like old Luke Skywalker. Not old being like you look like old and decrepit, but you look like you've aged well, but you still kind of have like a little badass look to you. You know what I mean? I know. I loved it. You know, I I, I think that I loved it too. So I mean, do you two have any theories as to uh, everyone online is you know speculating who's who's Ray's parents? You know, is Luke well, is Luke know, Skywalker Ray's father? Is my question to you? I mean, like that would be the easy connection. I feel like, gosh, you know, she she's good at like working on the ship, just like Luke was, like you know, in an episode four. That comes easy to her. She's got the force in her. I mean, I will say, like, the whole, like, super fight with um, Kylo Ren, you're kind of like, she had no training. But at the same time, like, when when the two of us discussed it, it's kind of like, I don't know if that's supposed to show her strength or that Kylo Ren isn't that strong or maybe a little bit of both. You know they're what I mean? both figuring out, yeah. They're both figuring yeah, out their so, destiny, yeah. Right. So, you're, so that's part of it. So the easy connection be, yeah, she's got to be related to Luke somehow. But... Um, you know, Boba Sweat had an interesting perspective, but we, we squashed it because, like, that couldn't have happened. Who were you saying? You're like, wonder if she's, like, related to, like, Obi-Wan. But that, the timeline just wouldn't work out. Because, like, 
Let me ask you, you guys know. a question. Maybe you guys know this, but I, I'm thinking that I've I heard this in maybe the the prequel trilogy that Anakin was born of immaculate conception. Has, has the force ever uh-huh. done that? Has the force ever like like pulled like a Jesus? No, you know what? That that is that is correct. I believe. If I think that's yeah. the no, I, I mean that was the first movie because I remember he leaves the mom and there's not a dad and she just comes. I think you're right. Yeah. I so I mean, no dad there. That's but how I feel. That could be it. That's how I feel. Um, I feel as if there's a possibility that it could be not answered into you know episode. Um, um, nine, you know, and I'm down with that, you know, I'm down with the mystery. Um, today, uh, on the internet, on Entertainment Weekly and Collider and DarkHorizons.com, they announced the itinerary of all the films that come out. I'm very excited for the fact that there's going to be a Han Solo, um, prequel movie, and I imagine yeah. the, the, the Babas over there are very excited that he's finally going to get his due in 2020, and there's going to be a solo film, so we yeah. should look forward to that. Um, but yeah, you know, um... Before we go here on the Bobcast tonight, you know, I just want to tell the listeners, you know, you know, sometimes it's great to have your expectations blown away, and it doesn't really happen much in the world, but like, you know, I like I said earlier, Star Wars has that effect on people. It makes them feel connected, and it's not just one group of people. It's everyone. Um, you know, I'm a sucker for superhero movies, but I feel as if they could learn from Star Wars, that Star Wars has that ability to have people come together and, you know, it's the greatest story of all. It's, you know, good versus evil, light versus dark. So, um, yeah. any closing thoughts for the Bobcast listeners? So, two closing thoughts. The one thing that I had heard um, about Star Wars, and this is bringing it back to Ray, you know, everything in the Star Wars universe and, and the movies is all about, like, family relationships, you know what I mean, and, and how they're so, like, intertwined in the storyline and how that makes for, you know, such a compelling story because they have, you know, relationships and bloodlines and everything that, that brings them together. So that, to me, is kind of telling me Ray's got to be related somehow. So there's got to be some reason. You know what I mean? Like, there's got to be some draw to have her be a significant character, and I think she's going to be a significant character. So that being said, I think that there could be a Luke Skywalker, Luke Skywalker could be her father with a, with Mara Jane as her mother. So we'll see. That That's my closing thought about maybe where Ray came from. Yes. Yeah, and, and um, I'll, I'll just leave one parting thought too, uh, which is uh, I, I, I really just like that finally we're moving forward. Uh, the, the torch has been passed. Han Solo, uh, you know, is kind of passing it on to I kind of think he's passing it on to Finn, um, you know, just as, like, the reluctant hero, the guy in between. I want to see more Poe. I thought Poe was one of my favorite characters. I thought Ray stole the show. But, again, we're moving forward. Uh, there's some questions that we need answered. But, I mean, J.J. left it in great hands for the next guy. Um, and I forget the name of the director, but... The one thing that I'm really looking forward to, um, and Bob, you know that I'm a history teacher. Um, One of my favorite movies starring Jet Li is a movie that Quentin Tarantino brought over here called Hero. Yep. And um, one of of the greatest fight scenes I've ever seen in all of movies, and it's from Hero, is one of the first ones where his character named 
nameless duels against a guy who's great with a staff or a spear rather named Sky. Falling, his name is Sky, and that's played by a great, great martial artist actor named Donnie Yen. And I do know that Donnie Yen has been signed to play one of the main villains in this next episode. So moving forward, just like I loved Ray Park as Darth Maul, it's going to be. We're going to have great fight scenes, and I can't wait. I can't wait. Yes, the Force has been reborn here at the Bobcast, ladies and gentlemen. If you haven't seen Star Wars yet, maybe this Bobcast will inspire you to go out, take the kids, catch a matinee. You can see it in 3D, IMAX, regular screens. It's going to blow you away no matter what. Um, I'd like to thank Panther Sweat and Baba Sweat for coming back on the Bobcast. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, tune in next week for, I guess, the very first Bobcast of the year 2016. I've got four weeks left to go until I become a father here on the Bobcast slash Dadcast. Yeah! Um, with that being said, my name's B.O.B., and this has been another episode of Bobcast. Bobcast.